Hello and welcome to episode 59 of the West Mulvern Social Club podcast. My name is Tyler and this week I am joined remotely by my special guest, the filmmaker, author, singer, songwriter, globetrotter, and overall force of nature, Marianne Dessard. I've wanted to speak to Marianne ever since I first played her single, Come On, Let's Go, on episode 38. But I was a bit too nervous about doing an interview because I've never really done that before. But after I did an interview with Vo last week, I felt a little more confident. So I plucked up my courage and she was nice enough to do it. The first part of the conversation is about her new single, but we'll get to that in a minute. She recorded her half of the conversation in Kent and I recorded mine here at HQ. And then I synced up the two recordings by doing an old school movie style clap. Marianne started out as a filmmaker, so us clapping to sync the audio was something she was very familiar with. And um, I have heard people do a clap before, like to sync it. Oh, let's so you... do a clap. Okay, I'm doing a clap. So two, three, like, yeah, right. That brings me back to like the days of making movies, like the old, yeah. the old way with like film and Nagra yeah. tape. Yeah, the clapper. Yeah, and they would they would put in chalk on the front what scene four take three. Yep. Clap. Yeah, and that would sync the audio. Yep. Otherwise, the poor editor would never get the audio and the film together. Yep. And you know how when you watch badly dubbed movies, and I bet you've watched a lot of dubbed movies, <laughs> <laughs> where they've dubbed it and the the mouth and the words are not <laughs> are not synced up, and it looks ridiculous. And I just thought that's how they spoke, just like they would in the Fellini movies, you know, everybody's yeah. just like sort of not saying anything, but you hear their voices in your head and doesn't yeah. match up. It's funny because that is slightly the territory of the, the new single. And I have a hard time even pronouncing it. I've, I've actually managed to, to spell it now. I can write it without having yeah. to look at it uh, written out. So I've got the spelling down, but I don't know if I have the actual pronunciation down as um, I have to practice really hard to say it for the choruses. Prison Colinens in nine Cluzol. As in Cuiso. You can put the twist you want on it. You can pronounce yeah, it with um, an Italian accent if you want, which I, I yeah. tried at first. The original yeah. idea way back was to actually do gibberish Italian, but I stopped myself very quickly. <laughs> it, it was only amusing or torture to me. Just so you know what we're talking about, here's some information. In November 1972, Italian pop star Adriano Celentano released a song that hit number one in his home country, despite the fact it wasn't performed in Italian. It also wasn't performed in English. In fact, it wasn't performed in any language at all. The song... Prison column Nancy Nanquisol was written to mimic the way English sounds to non-English speakers. It's just gibberish. It's not English and it's not Italian. He just thought it would be cool to sort of improvise uh, a song about failure to communicate. It went to number one, right? <laughs> it went. It was a number one hit, and it's not so much that he was trying to sound English. It, it really tried to sound American, and it's big yeah, different. Yeah. The yeah. accent is really different, and he does manage to do it, to pull it off pretty well. And yeah. what's even more impressive is that he moves like, uh, I don't know, one of those American Hollywood, you know, dance performers. Yeah. It's stunning. 
and he wrote it and performed it to his, his wife. And there's a couple of really amazing videos online that have been rescued from some TV broadcast or something like that. I was looking last night. I found one on YouTube, but I, the better one's actually on Facebook videos. So there'll be a link to the video. Okay, well, let's have a listen to... Prison calling and nine crews all. <laughs> you can do <laughs> it. By the it. end of the interview, you will be <laughs> fine. I can have as many tries as I want. <laughs> <laughs> True. There are actually two versions of this track. There's a full-flavored version, which features America's favorite swear word, which I chose to include here, rather than the cleaned-up radio edit. Prison calling Nancy Nanquisol by Marianne Dessart. Good afternoon. Uh, perhaps you could sort of take it on the chin, take it all in one in one go, and allow the disease, as it were, to to move through the. Today I will detail some of the shocking irregularities, abuses and fraud that have been revealed in recent weeks. From in the UK, and I'm deeply sorry for every, uh, every, every, every life lost. Over the last four years, uh, we've learned a lot. I've seen in Washington it's easy for politicians to survive. I want you to know that I've been working my socks off. And allowed voting to be open, especially in swing states, which they had to win. Les élus de terrain se sont engagés. We be down, down, dying, freezing, calling, and sinan kusong. All right. What I can tell you is that uh, we truly did everything we could. I, I, motherfucker, you be all, all lying. I. Judges drastically changed election procedures. Freezing, calling, and sinan kusong. All right. He is so unapologetic. Mais nous avons collaborateurs, Yeah, 
That was Prison Colin Nancy Nanquisol by Marianne Dessard and Raphael Mann. Here's a bit more of the interview. Be aware that both Marianne and I use extremely strong language. I've, I've had to do a clean version of Prison Colin and, uh, for the US and the UK. Oh, to where you take Motherfucker out? Yes, I didn't even realize that was naive. Yeah, people take that word really seriously. They do. Yeah, it's like here, you, well, see, people say cunt all the time, but in the States, if you say that, people have a little, you have to go to the hospital, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, like yeah. they'll, they'll, have a, they'll have a seizure, a heart attack or something. Yeah, but Motherfuckers is, was not going to be flying, so I, I sort of, you know, cut it out. So there's two versions. There's the motherfucker version, and then there's a clean version. Yeah, which is really skirting with a word. It was interesting to do that. I've never had to do a clean to version. Skirt, to skirt around it. Yeah, so it's mother... And then you barely hear the F, and then yeah. you catch it back at the ER. Er, so it's mother yeah. ah. And yeah. it's obviously the word, but yes. you can't prove it. It's it's the hard K sound that you take out. Yes, that's the that's the that's that's what's objectionable. The K. <laughs> we'll have to test that uh, hypothesis for sure. Uh, talk to me about the book. You have a book out. I have a book that came out a couple of years ago, and I, it's a memoir. It's my my life. Um, my struggles with being a touring musician, a human being, uh, an addict of uh, food and uh, and the music, probably. Um, and so it's pretty personal. It's pretty brutal. Um, it's very raw. And I ended up um, adapting it to the stage and turning it into a solo performance, which I was going to tour pretty much throughout last year, um, through the UK in theaters uh, with, you know, videos and music, etc., etc. So it was going to be at the Brighton Fringe, Manchester Fringe, etc. That all came crashing. So I turned my attention back to music, and that's when we started recording those cover songs um, and sort of putting them out not quite every month, but regularly for the past year. Yeah, well, that's that's how I first heard about you was when I played Come On, Let's Go. Mm-hmm. The Richie Valens cover, yeah. Let's hear that now. This is Marianne Dessard and her take on the Richie Valens classic, Come On, Let's Go. Swing me all the 
little sweethearts And then we can always be together Come on, come on, let's go again Terry Edwards on saxophone. Let's get back to the interview. And I've played some of the tracks from your earlier records. Yes. Ones mm-hmm. that you'd made when you were in Arizona. Yeah, thanks for doing that. Yeah, there were three albums of original music that I started putting out um, a little over 10 years ago. The first one was produced, performed with the Calixico guys. And, and then I went on and recorded those and toured with some great musicians from Tucson, um, from that sphere of the Calexico Giants and etc. Sergio Mendoza Orchestra. And then moved to Europe, moved back to Europe a few years ago. And those covers are actually the first, <laughs> I was going to say the first album of original songs. Because <laughs> um, I'm, really, I'm really trying with those covers to do something a little different with each. Um, it's, it's not always as obvious as with this one, the Adriano Celentano song, where mm. I've taken quite a bit of liberty with the original. Yeah. Just because I didn't want to sing gibberish English, it's impossible. No. Yeah, so I had to come up with some crazy idea. I think it still absolutely works in the same way that the original thing worked. You just modernized it. It's a delicate exercise to do a cover that does the original justice, but also does the times and and yourself as an artist justice. 
um, it, it it should still reference in some way, it's of course the original, it should make sense in comparison and contrast. See, the, the trick is, it's my first album in English, believe it or not. Really? Yeah, so I was, it was a little daunting at first. How would I sound in English? All the stuff I recorded in Tucson in America is in French. So now that yeah. I've moved back here, I sort of look back at um, the American music in a way, of, of which Chilentano is obviously, I mean, I, it's an American song. He's trying so hard as an Italian to sound and to, to you know, speak and be American. That is, yeah. I'll just put that with the rest of them as one of the American songs I've covered with this album. Absolutely. Um, but it, it's taken me being out of... America is supposed to want to look back and also collaborating with an English producer, Raphael Mann, um, has helped me step back from this persona of the the French sounding American that I, I was on my previous albums. D'abord, d'abord, c'était le chat Quand il y a eu la pluie Il s'est mis dessous les draps Il a fait comme chez lui Mais nous on s'en foutait Et sous les draps mouillés On a continué et on s'est aimé La porte s'est ouverte Sur ton meilleur ami Qui n'y voyait plus clair Et qui s'est cru chez lui On a continué et on s'est aimé Westmorland Social Club podcast from her 2008 record L'Entre Deux that was Les Draps Source with members of one of my favorite bands Calexico How did you end up in Tucson if that's not too personal of a question? Oh god, you know, I mean this is the girls writing memoir about our most personal inner struggles so there's no question that's too personal <laughs> um, I moved to the States from France when I was 16 with my parents and then ended up living and, and studying film in Los Angeles and then moving to Tucson to, uh, to do my first 
film, a documentary film on a band from Tucson called Giants End. Yeah. So that's how Gelb and, and his... I used to listen to them a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's all. I, probably the reason I ended up doing a film on them is because I, I wanted to start listening to other music. Like I figured in my logic that if I listened enough of it, I, I'd be so sick of it. <laughs> it didn't quite work. I ended up staying in Tucson and little by little being engulfed by the music scene and becoming a singer and a musician myself. So <laughs> so you, you moved there just to make a documentary about one band, but you ended up in the scene yourself as part of the Tucson scene. Yeah, that wasn't the plan. I was going to move on to like New York or something, you know, exotic like that. But there was, I mean, it was a very special time in the, in the mid-90s in Tucson. You know, rent was cheap. Every crazy musician escaped Phoenix, Arizona or some other you know, soul-eating megaburb and ended up in Tucson, which was a smaller town, kinder town, crazier town for musicians. And there was just like this explosion of bands that were supporting each other, playing with each other, playing all the time with each other. There was no music business per se, which is a bit of a saving grace, I, I suppose. Like, yeah. There was no label, no booking agents. We were just doing music all the time. And then touring in Europe, especially in Germany in the early days, Germany was like a, was where we two sun bands made our, our living. Well, you're not the only one to say that. I mean, yeah. I've always heard that, that Germany is the place to tour because just mainly because they actually pay you. <laughs> yep, exactly. And they buy records. And I mean, that's how it started. When I started putting out music, uh, the, you know, the music industry was crashing down. Nobody, the cities were selling a lot less, etc. So... For people, for acts that had been established for a while, it was a struggle. But I showed up there and I'm all excited. If I'm selling 10 CDs, I think I'm on top of the world. Um, so I, I didn't stop touring and, and releasing music for like a few years straight, which was, um, you know, my usual way of doing things. Um, but it, it really killed me. <laughs> so I wrote, I, I stopped and I wrote a book about it and tried to, um, you know, get back on my feet. And ended up in England somehow. Yeah. Just just as Brexit had happened. <laughs> oh, wow. I think I've finally got so angry and I've raged about that subject so much that I've, I've gotten it out of my system. And now there's just this sort of sad reality of it. Yeah. But it was a bit like trying to push back the tide. It was going to happen no matter what, uh, whatever my opinion was. And obviously I can't vote because I'm, I'm still not British. I don't have uh, citizenship here. I'm still American. Yeah, me too. Me too. But I still want to vote. Uh, I'll figure out a way. Oh, well, the, the problem here is that no matter how you vote, it always ends up the wrong way, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> On that note, let's have some more music. Here's a cover of the Janice Ian song, At 17. I learned the truth at 17 That love was meant for beauty queens and high school girls with clear skin smiles who married young and then retired. The Valentines I never knew, the Friday night chariots of youth, or spent on one more. Lacking in the social graces, and 
desperately remained at home Inventing lovers on the phone Who called to say come dance with me And murmur vague obscenities It isn't all it seems At seventeen A brown-eyed girl in hand-me-downs Whose name I never could pronounce Said, pity please the ones who serve They only get what they deserve And the rich relation hometown queen Marries into what she needs With a guarantee of company And haven for the elderly Remember those who win the game Lose the love they sought to gain In debitures of quality And DBS integrity Small town eyes who gape at you In those surprise when payment due Exceeds accounts received at seventeen The day after I voted last October, um, early voting happened um, October 7 or 8th. I cast my vote and then I, I went back to England. I mean, every day I wake up and I'm so happy that the orange nightmare, Cittolini, Schittler, I used to call him Schittler. Well, that's a good one. 
is not president anymore. But more that took him off of Twitter so that you don't have to read his insane tweets that he did at 4 a.m. or whatever. But just to have a, a complete break from that reality has been incredibly good for my mental health. I just couldn't take him anymore, you know what I mean? <laughs> Would that ever make you want to go back to the States? <laughs> you know, I have not been back in so long. I would go back, especially now that um, we've got Biden and Harris and things seem to have calmed down a little bit. Uh, certainly, I would want to go and see my mother and my brother and my sister, who I've not seen for way too long. I would, but I would never go back there to live. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm afraid of guns. I'm afraid of people with guns. They scare, they scare me. Uh, yes, there is certainly around. Um, Arizona is an open carry state, so you, yeah. can, you can actually be sitting next to a guy with a, an obvious gun on his table at a restaurant. And yeah, it's, it's weird. Scary. It will put you off your dinner, doesn't it? I mean, That's <laughs> <laughs> why they invented takeaway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I left the U.S. and I've been living out of a couple of suitcases for the past seven or eight years now. I really, I mean, I was trying to put down my roots in England, you know, and then COVID happened. So that, yeah. that got tossed around a little bit. I'm still thinking about it. You were going to do a sort of stage version of the book. Did you film that? Were you planning on filming it as well? Yeah, eventually, of course, that was part of the plan. Um, I premiered it. I tried it. I tried out different um, incarnation of that stage adaptation here locally in Thanet. I had a, a premiere at the Tom Thumb Theater in Margate. And then I did this walking tour of East Kent when the book came out. So I would do a reading of some sort every night um, starting out in Ramsgate and then going down the coast walking to Deal and then from Deal to um, Dover, Folkestone, Canterbury, Faversham, etc., etc., all the way back around through Margate, Broadstairs and Ramsgate. And every night was a different incarnation of the performance. Um, Sometimes it was just a reading because that's all the space there was in a bookstore or a cafe. But then, as in Faversham, um, I had a full video projection and music experience on an actual stage. So that was the, the tryout. And so out of that evolved a show that I was going to be touring and, and filming, yes, to answer your question. The idea basically is that everything I do seems to snowball into something else. The book actually started out, it's called Not Me, but the original title I had in mind was The Cat, Not Me, which is the title of my third album because in the third album in French all the stories that I'm expurgating on the book are already there except they're in French they're hiding and they're in song format so it's the same person just putting it out in different ways and so the the of course the the music got into the book um, the themes you know got translated into a different media and then it would actually was going to come back to the stage as a performance itself. So there's a bit of a circle there. So, you, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's a lot to swallow at once. <laughs> and that's why, that's why just a few years back, uh, when I got to Europe, I decided I would do a best-off of the music that I had done in Tucson because I, I knew that people would get lost. Like, if they would discover my music through one track... I would have to explain, you know, this album, that's where it started, and then this and that. And so I figured I'd, I'd sort of guide the narrative by pick the best out of the Tucson trilogy. 
And so that Best Of album came out, um, I think it was five or six years ago. And then I was ready to like move on to something else. So I started working with uh, musicians in France and then, you know, moving to England. That's the, the slightly um, irritating thing about having to do this over Skype or Zoom or whatever, is that if you were here, I would definitely want to play a song, you know, where I'll play guitar and you sing. Yeah, uh, that would be we... sweet. We could, I mean, <laughs> oh, I'll tell you a funny story about Skype uh, and oh, distance. Yeah, okay, so uh, South by Southwest 2013, I think. Yeah. Um, I got the festival to give me a couple of showcases. Like the, I, I told them I would book them. I would be in charge of booking two official nights. And I did that and I picked... Um, two themes. One of them was Tucson. And so it was bands from Tucson. And the headliner was going to be Hal Gelb, our giant sand fellow. I knew Hal just didn't want to go to the festival. He couldn't care less. Um, <laughs> but I said, listen, buddy, that's not a problem. We'll just pretend that you're going to come. So the festival is happy and, and, you know, you're going to be our headliner and, and help out the other bands. Um, if you don't want to come, I'll Skype you. I'll put a big screen above the stage and you can be in your living room and your band is going to be in in Austin at the festival because they play with every other band anyway. That's the way we do it. Yeah. And um, and we just rolled with it. And so the night of the show comes um, and how plugs in from his home and I beam him up on over the screen and he plays four, five, six songs with his band. Wow. On, through Skype. Um, so did he, they just follow him? Like, yeah, they did, because he, yeah. he couldn't quite hear them. Yeah, it works really well for somebody like How because he's so used to throwing curveballs at his band that they just, they know. <laughs> they know to just follow. Um, yeah, no matter where he leads. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, they'll, they'll just fall on their feet at some point. They're just like a bunch of cats, you know, just... Yeah, absolutely. Which is one of the funny thing about this whole covers album that I recorded over the past 12 months or so. I've not actually sat in with anybody. It's all been virtual. Yeah. Most of so, it. So someone sends you a, a, a track and then you sing over it. Yeah, that's that's true for most of them, except the couple where um, I we did it in the very last few days before lockdown. Oh, so you could be actually be together with somebody. Yeah, yeah, that was the Tucson, um, our Stilly Dan cover was like that. Yeah, let's listen to that one. This is a cover of the classic Dirty Work. Oh yeah, I don't 
doing alternative forms of touring whether it's taking the train or doing walking tours um, yeah i did a, a tour of the pyrenees um a few years back for my second album where it was just me and a donkey <laughs> that's amazing yeah that was that was fun but that was very ecological it was great um yeah because the donkeys the donkey is barely he's uh, you know doesn't yeah. yeah it doesn't use anything yeah just yeah, yeah. a little water once in a while I'd heard about a, a, a duo called the Diddy Bobs, and they did a bicycle tour. Whatever works. I actually took a train and to play in China once. Wow. That was, well, again, you know, because I was absolutely unable to take a vacation, I figured I'd roll a vacation into a tour um, and spend seven days on the train. It was fantastic. Wow. So where did you go from? Where was the... Where Moscow to Beijing. Wow. Going through Mongolia. That was great. Is that the Trans-Siberian? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, incredible. And I was doing a solo tour. It was just me, and, and which is a bit of a performance slash karaoke because I don't uh, play any instruments. Yeah. So I have to just stand in there and make enough faces and shake my ass, you know, enough <laughs> that it seems like a show and I can sing. Yeah, it, seriously, the Chinese audience um, loved it. They, I had no idea what I was doing or who I was. They probably thought I was like drunk or high or anything. Because I just, you know, I don't know. I, I move funny on stage. They probably never seen a French person laugh in the flesh either, so... Well, they, I don't know. The thing is, every country will sort of place me or filter me through their own cliches of, you know, the French or the American or... It, and everybody has a different idea, um, certainly about Americans. I'd heard the story that in Paris they have a sort of an office so that Japanese people that come to Paris for the first time, they get so upset because it doesn't meet their imaginary Paris that they had in their mind that they sort of have a, a mental breakdown 
<laughs> they have to go and talk to someone. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> relax them about it. Yeah, no, 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 no. Seriously, is that a cliche? No, it's very true. Um, it's very true, and I I would think that Paris should remain a virtual city. I mean, it should be accessed remotely. I'm all for making it a 3D virtual reality because yeah. that that which we expect, and it's not just the Japanese tourists, it's all of us, that Paris isn't there. No, it doesn't exist. Nope, nope, nope. No, I think probably New York's just the same. I wanted to play you another one of the singles that Marianne released last year. This is a Bobby Gentry cover called Refractions. solo traveler to go and do these things did you tour like completely alone when you were doing these sort of experimental tours yeah the walking tour the donkey tour the train to china tour that was just me and myself because a lot of people have a tour manager who's sort of like their babysitter 
like, uh, you know, Le Guardian d'Enfant. <laughs> yeah, well, that was my job, basically, when I was touring with a band. Are you kidding? I mean, my first tour, my guitar player was 17. My drummer was 17. Um, yeah. I was, you know, at least more than twice their age. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, I end up being the babysitter. I'm the, the tour manager. No, I'm, I'm good at that stuff. I can take care of people. I, I like to do it and I like to organize stuff. Yeah, you've got a plan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it made for a really strange touring experience. On my first big tour, where there was five of us on stage, um, I was also the tour manager. We, we shared driving duties, but... I'd be the one getting up at 7 a.m. and like do, doing my jogging, my yoga, getting in shape, getting, you know, the day organized <laughs> when everybody yeah. else had gone to bed completely drunk by three or four o'clock in the morning. So, it, so they're all hung, they're all hung over and you're doing yoga. Yeah. And I'm doing the mama beat. So that that got old, you know, that got a little exhausting after a while. I think it would get old really quick because you're like, okay, it's time for you to get up and have your coffee now. <laughs> And they're like, hey, go away. But that was the thing. I mean, the music scene that I grew grew up as an artist in, in Tucson, um, you know, I got started fairly late. My first album I put out at the age of 39. Uh, yeah. But the thing is, in Tucson, those guys were starting to play music and to perform live and to have a, a music career at the age of 17 or 18, having yeah. already played five years. So they were all very good and still teenagers. Mm. Um, so that that explains why you know I, the strange touring situation where I'd be bringing those guys on their very first European tour, and for some of them, the first time they would actually go to Europe. Yeah, I I have a a friend, a musician, a pretty reckless guy who get really drunk at night and hop on a train on a freight train to avoid walking the one mile back to his house. Like a hobo. Yeah, for like just from the bar to back to his house at night. <laughs> Except he would do that really drunk. And so oh. what was meant to happen happened one day. He lost a leg and an arm. and But he kept playing music. Wow. So um, it's sort of like this punk looking, just scruffy guy who can still rock a crowd. That's incredible. Yeah, that's the spirit, yeah. His name was Texas Trash. Texas Trash. Yeah. And wow. the train wrecks was the, the name of it. <laughs> oh, my God. I knew people like that back home that were, like, super hardcore like that. Yeah. It, it doesn't seem to happen in the UK at all. Uh, no. Oh, well, a little bit. Not no. in the same way. I'm looking, I'm looking for it. I mean, I'm out. Since I got back in October, I've, I've been out every day taking photos, and I'm trying to figure out something about the country by taking those street photography. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. There's stuff that's under the surface, just just hidden. Mm-hmm. Makes yeah. it fascinating. Yeah. Well, that's 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 what I always think about about Britain in general. Without you know, irritating people too much, is that there's a lot of front. You know, mm-hmm. the the old lady on her gold chair with her diamond hat is front. <laughs> 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 I always admire the the French solution to that problem, but I might have to edit this out. <laughs> Or, or not, or not. <laughs> I'm only joking, Britain. You guys like it when everything's a joke, right? That was just harmless banter. The Prime Minister says stuff like that all the time. This is the end of the interview, and Mariana's telling me about the next single. We've got one that you haven't heard yet. It's a cover of a Towns Van Zandt. 
Oh yeah, big fan. If I needed you, and yeah, the, and we did I see, it. I've done that with loads of times. Yeah, it's fantastic. So we did it as a duet with Raphael. Um, oh great, my producer. Um, so, so he's singing. He's singing the other harmony part. Yeah, yeah. But I wanted to riff from the the version that Emilou Harris did. Uh, so it's a it's a lot more straightforward in that sense than the Chilentano cover would be. This is all my sort of favorite stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, I, f- I figured you'd like that. Yeah. Well, Daniel Lanois did a record with her called Wrecking Ball. It's just yep. a masterpiece. Yep. And uh, my dad gave me the copy. He did an interview with her. And then he heard that record and didn't like it because he liked the really old honky-tonk stuff. And it, he found it way too modern and, I don't know, too jazzy or something. He just couldn't get into it. And he gave me the CD. This is way back when. And I just it was like my favorite thing. I, it, didn't, it didn't leave the CD player for like a year. But that's what kind of got me into Americana in the first place, I think, was that record. Oh, I was I was jumping on the mic there because I'm all excited because my first introduction to American music was Emilio Harris. Uh, yeah. It was my dad used to go to America, to Arizona, before we even moved there. So I must have been eight or nine. And he brought back a cassette from Phoenix because he'd gone to a music store and, and asked what he could bring back to his family. And so it was Cimarron. Uh, and I, I still remember that tape, that cassette that I had. And I played wow. it nonstop. And I, I knew nothing about that type of music or that whole world. Yeah, her voice, it, you know, it just captures you. It's, it, sometimes you just react to, you know, one human voice and you can't get enough of it. And she's definitely one of those singers where you're like, oh, put, put that back on. <laughs> let's, let's start that record again. <laughs> yeah, her, Emilio, Emilio Harris, uh, Linda Ronstadt for me, yeah. uh, that Tucson homegirl. Um, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Man, she had the big pipes back in the day. Yep. It was uh, one of the most incredible American sounds, really. Absolutely. I got to hear her sing in, in Tucson. Um, I think it was 2004. It's beautiful. Yeah. And really, when you get in that area, Austin does sort of suck it all up, doesn't it? Austin, Texas, you know, because it has the big festival and everything. It's a bit like Edinburgh is here. Yeah, it's got the big festival and the big attention worldwide. But the thing in Tucson that's that's always been precious is the connection to Mexico, to that sound, to the border. Yes. Yeah. Um, because- yeah, Nort- Norteño and, and the, um, mariachi and all that stuff is, is absolutely great and really underrated. Yeah, mariachi, there's a big mariachi festival in Tucson that's been going on forever. And that's what the kids learn in school, the big bands. And that's that's why you get kids that have been playing together in big bands for a long time already by the time they decide they want to, you know, have a career out of it, aside from yeah. mariachi or aside from the traditional stuff. It's really funny. The British attitude towards Mexico is really strange. I've never been able to understand it or unpick it. They sort of have this cartoon this sort of cartoonish version of of mexico here that it's not it has nothing to do with the real place yeah and tucson tucson's great for the music but it's also got one of the most interesting and and recognized take on uh mexican food that you can find in the u.s i bet it does my imagination is running wild just thinking about it (laughs) well it has to do also with the fact that it's you know, there's many Mexican cuisine. Um, in Tucson, what we have also is that it, it merges with the uh, Native American traditions that you find locally. Well, um, see, I'm I'm sold now. <laughs> I know. I, I shouldn't. I don't want to think about it. I miss I'll have it. to get it. I'll get a gun, right? And I'll get some health insurance, and we'll we'll go out there. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
Well, it's been so amazing talking to you. Is there anything else that we should talk about? Oh my God, um, we could keep going for hours, well, but... I think we probably um, could. We you're going to have, have a hard time cutting all of that together. I want to thank you very much for doing this. And I want to say, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's Marianne Dessard. Thanks very much. Thank you for having me. And uh, yeah, we'll speak soon. Yeah, well, hopefully when um, things are, are safer, we'll, we'll get to meet in person. You will play some music. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, cool. Thank you very, very much. You're welcome. It's good to talk to you. All Great right. to talk to you. <laughs> bye-bye. All right, bye. Well, that was fun. I want to thank Marianne for making time for me and being such an interesting guest. Check out the links in the description of this podcast, which will take you to her Bandcamp page and a link where you can buy her book, which is called Not Me. I hope you enjoyed listening to the interview. But we still have plenty of time left for new music from Nashville. This is a brand new single from Tristan, Wrong With You.
from the forthcoming album Aquatic Flowers, which is out on June the 2nd. That was Wrong With You by Tristan on WMSCP. Let's stay in Nashville for one more song. This is Aaron Lee Tashjian with Cartoon Music. Cartoon music for plastic people Nobody knows if they're Cartoon music for plastic people We don't know what I feel Just wasting your mind away Same deja vu as yesterday Cartoon music for plastic people Nobody knows if they read Cartoon music for plastic people They don't know how to feel Look at the colors on your screen Plastic people They don't know and feel Now you're losing your mind And 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 now you're losing your
G. Goodman with Space and Time on WMSCP. Let's go to Texas from El Capitan. This is Will Johnson with Inclined. The time and strain and trouble ain't got nothing on me. I am stronger with my steps these days I am working on how to be and you you always showed me the good in everything you never forced your will upon me and you taught me how to Better see 
But there's a loudness there outside our door And it feels time to shut it out And crawl back into this American night I will run my hands along your back Run my hands along your back Will Johnson with Inclined from his album El Capitan on the West Mulvern Social Club podcast. Okay, I want to change continents and change latitudes and change genres. Let's go to Scandinavia and hear the brand new track by Lena Anderson. It's called The Airport. How 
And then just like that, it's gone. by the late Jeff Emmerich, scheduled for release on the 3rd of September. That was Lena Anderson's new single, The Airport. I want to play you a piece of music by B.P. Moore from his forthcoming album, If I Don't See You Again, which comes out on the 30th of July. This is called Hold Your Own.
That was Hold Your Own by B.P. Moore on the West Melbourne Social Club podcast. From the new compilation album, Dimensions 2, this is Malvern's own Cydonia Collective with Dawn over Bryce Canyon.
that was Paul White on guitar with Mark Soden as Sidonia Collective. I thought this was the best way to finish off this episode. From her first album, L'Entre Deux, this is Marianne Dessard and members of Calexico. Merci de rien du tout. Merci de rien, 
That is all the time we have this week. I want to thank Marianne once again for being on the show, and I want to thank you for listening. Come back next week for more surprises.